Welcome, everybody, to an episode of The Keepers of the Book. I'm your host, Maz, joined here with my co-host, Jordan. And today, we are covering Season 4, Episodes 5, 6, and 7, The Oppressor, Displacement, and a Shot in the Dark. And, oh my god, um, there, there are shots in these three episodes that are just, wow, these are beautiful shots, especially the Rasenate up in orbit. Uh, yeah, and then what's the other one called? The, um, Ale- uh, 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 Back Abyss, uh, The Edward Israel? Bar- uh, oh, the Bar, uh, the Barbara the Bar- Piccolo? Barbara yeah. Piccolo, yeah. Yeah. I can't think of that, but yeah, that, and those, those ships look pretty awesome when, and that, I think the, the, the updating of the graphics, I, I think that helped my love for the ships a little bit more. Yes. I think, I think the detail a little bit, but maybe that's just me. No, no, I mean... Hey, like anyone that says visuals are not important or is just basically lying to you. Um, the story visu- has to be good, 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 good. Yeah, for sure. Story, is, in my opinion, is number one. World building would be, I'd say, number two. And then I would honestly say I'm okay with characters being not that interesting. I'm okay with it. I wouldn't say, like, obviously it's not preferred. And obviously I prefer shows. You know, I rate shows that have better character work than above shows that obviously don't right but visuals they're important even audio is not as important as visuals right like if the audio is like you know the old old 70s you know how it sounded like it was like one stereo speaker not even and it was kind of like sounded muffled i will take that but if visually it, it just it just looks bad i'm sorry but my enjoyment is directly impacted by it and I know some people, if there's some people out there listening that are like on the older age spectrum, they're like, oh, you know, not all the good news stuff is good. I never said that. Right. I, am, I am a massive Star Wars fan. Massive, massive Star Wars fan. I love Star Wars, including the original trilogy. So, yes, I know about older stuff. And I appreciate the older stuff. But... um. You know, there's a reason that visual uh, fidelity has been constantly improved through technology. If it was not important, then they would not have spent millions and billions of dollars in camera, software, uh, you know, uh, film editors, all that right. stuff. Right. So, yeah, don't and, give me that. And Yeah, and that's the thing, too. Like, I, 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 through knowing you... Uh, I appreciate graphics a little bit more. Obviously, I have a little more patience because I obviously like to rewatch my episodes of whatever I like to watch. Um, yep. But like you do, when you do change over and you go to a newer show or a newer anime, you're like, oh man, this is way better looking. <laughs> oh yeah. I mean, okay, so I brought it up before several times. I'm watching One Piece right at the moment, right? And the show is getting steadily more visually pleasing as time's going on. And sometimes they'll do a flashback of like the first, you know, first like 30 episodes. Like today, I just watched a flashback of like from literally episode one. And I was mm-hmm. like, what? How did I sit through that? How did oh, I so sit they, through that? They actually did a flashback from new graphics to old graph? Yeah. Oh, that's poo. I wanted a new graph. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, uh, but at the same time, I think it's also important to do it with the old just so you can show the audience, like, yeah, look at how far we've come. That's fair. So I, um, All fairs in love and war, you know? Um, I, yeah. 
Uh, <laughs> but anyways, on to the expanse. So this episode, uh, these three episodes, there's not a whole lot that happens, but um, and I hate using, I feel like some people are going to think that I'm using this as a, uh, you know, as you kind speed of things up. <laughs> yeah. Not, not speed things up, but like, it's kind of like a, uh, an excuse to cover for expanses shortcomings, but it's really not. These three episodes, I feel like, are a big setup for what's to come. Because, I mean, oh, yeah. I mean, think about it, right? They're the middle three episodes of a season. Like, if there's going to be a setup for finale, it's going to be in the middle of three. So mm-hmm. it's not just me, like, shilling for the show. It and is. that's good that you made us do one through four and then three yes. through seven. Because yes. now the last section of episodes will be more, you know what I mean? Like, even though, say we do, say you do, like, a 25, 30 minutes on this one. Well, the next one's going to be that hour and 20 minute one you've been yeah. looking for. You know what I mean? So it evens out. Yeah. Um, because if the thing is, I think before we did four episodes for the finale, like the last four, and that ended mm-hmm. up becoming too much because you end up talking the finale. There's just so much to talk about. And when it's four, it becomes, you know, 25% more to talk about. Exactly. Or I, I think I did my math. So you're always, so you're always going to get the, and the front yeah. and the back end, you always get the more. And then in the middle, you're like, yeah, this is kind of one of those deals where it's like, filler right yeah uh, yeah um i hate that word because of the anime i know yeah. i know i know but I yes know. I, I feel like you did that on purpose to me there. i did because i like i love filler and you hate it so <laughs> there are no fillers in experience <laughs> um but anyways the this episode uh first one starts off with lucia and the belters on illus who are mm-hmm. rigging the explosives on the landing platform and apparently, the Edward Israel, I think, yeah. regardless, RCE ship, the uh, the Earth uh, colony ship, the science frigate, you you get what I'm saying? Yeah, they that come. Cool. Yeah, I like that. I, I normally don't like Earth airships at all. Um, this one is coming down to land, and then they are coming down to land way earlier than the Belters had uh, expected. I guess it was ahead of schedule or whatnot. So, um. She's trying to disarm the explosive, uh, but then one of the guys, I think his name is uh, Coop, um, he rips her off of it, and she falls down and hits her head on a rock, so she passes out, and he wants to explode the platform when the ship fully lands, and this, I don't know if you ever thought about this, that like if they did intentionally blow up the platform, why didn't they do it when the ship was fully down. Why did they wait for the ship? Or, you know, why didn't they wait for the ship to be fully down? Why did they do yeah. it so prematurely? Right. And here wow. we figure out it's because she kind of came back into consciousness and then blew it up before it killed even <clears throat> more right. people. Um, and my thing is, is like, depending on the explosives, I suppose, I guess you can't really stay near the area, but why not stay into the stay near the area look like set yourself up in position and watch them land and blow it up because then you can say it was a ship malfunction or something and clean the stuff up before somebody gets to investigate instead. Well, isn't that more suspicious that why are you there close to a landing platform? Well, the belters don't tell them belters. Right. Oh, you're saying like exploded nefarious way. You know what I'm saying? Okay. So like you're in your situation, they would have killed all the earthers. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Okay. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah. No. Okay. I can see that. Because then because they were driving so far away. Yeah. Because then that makes them look more guilty, I guess. Because they're gonna leave tracks, right? That little doom buggy thing. 
It's yes. for sure leaving tracks. Uh, oh, yeah. And if you're telling me that you can't deduce that and you can build a spaceship, I'm done with the show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, criminals aren't exactly what's the smartest bunch. This is true. Well, we not politicians, but anyways. <laughs> Yeah, the smart uh, criminals become politicians. Yes. <laughs> but anyways, um, it go- jumps back to modern time, modern times, uh, you know, the current timeline. Today. Yeah, today. And uh, what's her face? I believe Lucia is like healing up on mm-hmm. Rasenate. They're back up in orbit. And, you know, things are not exactly going well because Amos is tied down. I remember right. last episode, I think, uh, Holden just decks uh, Murtry in the face and goes, I'm in charge now. Look at me. I am yep. captain now. Yep. Um, so. He deserved it, though. I think this Murtry guy kind of deserves what's coming to him. He too. really did. Um, but at the same time, you know. Other than him shooting that one guy who threatened, by the way, threatened to kill more of his friends. He himself, and I love this show for it. I brought it up several times. Mm-hmm. He makes a point, right? Like they were touching down and then they blew up the platform, killing again some of his friends. Like they didn't even give him a chance, is what you're saying. Exactly. And I understand why the Belters did it. You know, they have history too, so they have reasons for doing what they did. But Mercury makes a good point that, you know, if you have qualms with the people of Earth dating back, you know, decades, Murtry didn't do all those things. and But Murtry also just makes assumptions about Belters, right? So everyone's making assumptions about each other. Everyone's making life harder for each other. Right. And they don't even realize it. Right. Um, so the, um, I think back on Earth, it, well, tut, what, let's actually go ahead and go through Alvisarala's thing first because hers, there's not a whole lot that happens with her, but it is... Uh, good regardless i, I mm-hmm. actually find hers her like struggles on earth to deal with a re-election as well as uh you know the ring world all that stuff dealing with like right. the day-to-day duties of being the president of earth the space queen right. and the re-election <laughs> it's it's a lot of work there so anyways avasarala one of her subordinates for lack of a better term is running Against her for re-election, right? I think I think Gao, her name is Gao, Gao, Gao or Gao, G A O. Okay, so Gao is running for re-election, um, and she she's like I want to say an ultranationalist. I really would not say ultranationalist. She actually brings up a good point that like you know Gao or Avasarala. Gao. Okay. Um. And I think Avastarla kind of looks at Gao as kind of like a younger version of herself sometimes. Um, That's probably we, why she's making her so frustrated. Yeah, yeah. It's like, dude, you're doing the same mistakes I did. Just listen to me. Um, but anyways, uh, Avastarla goes to re-election, and initially she's coming in like super hot, right? Like she's I just defended Earth. Her. Yeah, yeah. She's uh, yeah, exactly. I, I defended Earth. I got rid of the corruption and whatnot. She is riding on a high. Like, I think massive uh, high. Yeah, I think what is it? The initial numbers were like seventy to thirty percent. It was a comfortable, comfortable lead. Yep. And as we see over the course of the three episodes, that lead shrinks drastically. Like it becomes neck and neck. And 
I mean, seventy percent. If you're at seventy percent, that's uh, a dub. In and yeah, oh yeah, it, in like modern, just American politics, right? That that's you got it, right? Mm-hmm. Um, for the world, the entire world, that that's I guess a percentage is percentage, right? So it's the same thing. But I feel like when it's a world like that, momentum I feel like just carries over right. uh, more greatly. Uh, but anyways. Um, Nancy Gao, they have this whole like debate, uh, and so Alvisarela tries to play some slightly underhanded tactics, um, by leaking, bit. yeah, by leaking uh, some history on how on she Gao. came there, yeah, yeah. Apparently, there's a lottery system where it seems like what one in six thousand mm-hmm. um, are picked. allowed, yeah, and the only reason she got picked is like through some corruption essentially, or she knew somebody who was in the picking selection system right but anyways uh gal was ready for it and uh, okay so initially when i first saw this i was like i don't like gal how dare she defy space queen but she brings up very good points and not only that it's not like she was like prepared in a way where when avastrala brought up the whole lottery system during the debate Mm -hmm. that she um that she like, oh, I had this ready just for the debate. I, I don't think so, because she said the people that she beat in the lottery, she hired. You know, as head of security, as head of, uh, you know, personal relations or something Pay it like back that. type thing. Yeah, exactly. So she beat other people in the lottery, and then she hired those same people back in. And, you know, when she did that, I was like, yeah, if you're gonna if you're going to get involved with corruption, mm-hmm. this is the best way to, like, suffice or like uh, yeah repent like, almost yeah exactly that, that was the best way to kind of like you know pay back your dues and i just um i think even Alvastrala was like just shocked about that um and but she brought up a, she started her rebuttal in a very great way saying that like it's kind of ironic to be lectured about getting a uh, unfair advantage when my opponent comes from like a dynasty, essentially, right? Her own father was also in politics, right? Avasarala's. Yes. So, and, and she, when she said this stuff, I was like, "No, not my space queen." No. I, I so I was kind of hurt by this, but anyways, um, the slightly devastated. Yeah. Uh, and I don't know when this debate happens. I think it might have been the second episode that we're going to cover today. But like I said, I'm just going to go through her timeline right now. Um, Avastrala gets uh, gets interrupted. The debate does because there is a situation happening. Uh, there is a ship that was en route to impact, I guess, on Earth. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and that ship was sent by Marco Inaros. And this was a ship that, uh, in the very beginning of the season, I don't know if it was the first or second episode. Wait, you said it was sent by Marcos? Marco Inaros, yep. Okay. And he, uh, I don't know if you remember, this is the exact same ship that was, uh, do you remember when they sent those, uh, it, um, those Earthers through the ring? Like, they just, yeah. like, spaced them, and they like, kind of, mm-hmm. like, sending a message? So that ship was a Sojourner, and this is the exact same ship. Right. Right. Yeah, so they realize that it's Marco Naros, and at this point, they're angry with the Belters. And again, the the UN 
okay, we'll get we'll get to um drummer and then I, I'm gonna end up jumping around too much. I want to maintain Avastrala's course. Anyways, Avastrala, they find in Marco Naros uh, on a freighter in between I don't know stations or whatever. Right, and they've been monitoring it. Apparently, not closely enough, as we'll find out in a second. Oops. And, yeah, and so she f- uh, orders a strike team. Now, the str- uh, the military general, uh, the admiral, I don't know who, he offers two options. We can blow up the Sojourner, kill everyone on board, including civilians, right. or we risk our Marines, send them in there, a you know tactical strike team, and capture Inaros. Now, obviously, you know, it doesn't take a rocket scientist to know that that uh, strike team is more risky, especially you're risking, you know, marine lives. Right. But the Sojourner, uh, sorry, destroying the Sojourner is, you know, like, yeah, you don't risk your own lives, but you're also, you're dooming, in like, for sure, 100% dooming the lives of every single belter, like right. innocent belter on that ship. Um, so Avastrala, you know, leaving behind her, uh, warlike roots from what we saw in season one, decides we're going to send a tactical strike team. The strike team goes in and long story short, they get massacred. Yep. Uh, by seemingly belters who looked unarmed or I don't know, they were hiding behind some boxes or what, but they all got ambushed and every single one of these belters or, uh, Marine uh, UN Marines are killed. And this was in the last episode, pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And so, and I think, I, and then they just ended up destroying the Sojourner anyways. Right. Which is- <laughs> so it, this was the worst of both worlds. Um, it's possible that there were still some innocent civilians on the Sojourner at that point, but, uh, Late. yeah, it, it, this, again, this was like the worst thing that could have possibly happened. Well, you kind of um, made the space queen mad. Yeah, and this also gives more ammo to Gao because Gao goes on instantly on her campaign. and This dropped right in her lap. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, Uh, it it was like perfect. Um, Okay, so that actually brings up a good question. Do you think Gao has something to do with this? I mean, what if Gao's in bed with the Belters? Yeah. Oops. Do you think that's, that's happening here? I mean, it's a possibility. Why couldn't it be? Uh, I'm not saying one way or another. Yeah, I know. because. You know. <laughs> <laughs> but um, anyways, Gao does go on to say that uh, if Avasarala had not barricaded the gate into the rings, into the, uh, the, the ring station, right? If she had not barricaded that, then the Sojourner would never have been, you know, poached by pirates like Marco Naras. Uh, it would never have been you know, taken like that. And then this, none of this would have ever happened if they had just let these colony ships go through. Um, and yeah, this in, she brings up a good point where, and all of her points are good. But again, Australia has that experience of like, okay, yeah, you, you're making it seem like, Oh, there's could be some monsters that we have to fight on the other side of these ring worlds. No, yes. Proto molecule led to the deaths of what is it like 400,000 500,000 I thought it was like a million there was more than that Uh-oh. it might have even been a million I don't remember but it, it, you know a lot of lives were lost on arrows a lot of lives yeah that was a huge oops moment 
Yeah, and then the uh, the proto molecule directly led to the refugee crisis of the Belters because of the death of Ganymede, right? Because Ganymede right, right. provided a lot of crops and food for the Belters, and now mm-hmm. with the destruction of Ganymede, we lost all that. So the proto molecule has directly caused some insane damage to humanity directly. Yep. So if we go over there, we don't know if this triggers more proto molecule or something even worse than a proto molecule. We don't know. And, it, and you could be right. The worst in polar molecule part is what would be the scariest. Right. So she's so, right and wrong at the same she, time. Yeah. Um, and you, so you, we as the audience, we get the pleasure of seeing from both sides. They're like, yeah, I mean, he's got a point. Uh-huh. Um, but anyways, uh, that is it for Avastrala. Um, as far as drummer goes, uh, drummer and... Old, new, new old boy. Uh, Dude, remember, I said. Don't start with that. <laughs> what was his name? Clay Ashford, the Ghost Knife of Callisto. Uh, so that's what he calls it. He's calling him the Ghost Knife of Callisto. Yeah, they're that's apparently. Yeah, oh, I know. I love that name so much. It's so sick. Um, he's uglier than Sin, though. Just saying. Yeah, but he's an he's an old man who's been burnt. I know. Like, I'm just being cynical. He, but that's dude, he. That apparently that title Ghost Knife of Callisto is explored in one of the novellas of the Expanse, to my understanding. So I really cannot wait to start reading the books so I can read novella. Ah, uh, like read the word. novellas, yeah. Um, but anyways, um, <coughs> oh, I get a uh, little side thing. We do see um, uh, the Ghost Knife of Callisto himself, Ashford, with a little baby. A younger Ashford, oh, not got, that much younger, mind you. When he was looking at this, it, I, I kind of, yeah, I, I thought yeah, that. I, I know you I, did for I sure. Like, I don't like. Yeah, that one, that one hurt me. So, uh, for those of you who may not have picked up on it, um, his daughter does die, and I think she was still a baby when she died. Um, <laughs> she died in a fire, that same fire that led to the burns that we saw on Ashford's body and the side of his face. So yeah, not not great. And okay, so real quick, the baby floating in the air—that has to be cool. That's got to be so cool, right? Like if you're like taking yeah. out, looking after a baby, and it's just like, oh, I need to, you know, cook something real quick. Let me just—you don't need to set the baby down. You just let it float around, and then do your Dude, thing. You know how freeing that would be. Oh I my know. god, it was awesome. Um, but that baby was really cute. I loved it. And I was sad. Um, yeah, let's not cry. It's fine. But Drummer and um, Ashford are on Medina Station, at which mm-hmm. point uh, some UNN officers come in and they're like, All Hands right, up. since you failed to bring Marco and Aros in, we're going to have to kind of step up and do your job, right? Right. Uh, and I know a lot of people my wife included get really wrapped up in the emotional stuff and they don't really look at it from other perspectives they are doing this because they like freaking marco and Aris threatened their direct leader right that was the reason the sojourner was destroyed right so it's direct attacks on earth not just earth but their own you know leader and leader. that mm-hmm. can't that won't stand under any government right. um I mean, could you imagine if someone tried to threaten uh, Fred Johnson on Tycho Station, right? Right. 
So I mean, that would be like all of his his entire faction would be like ready for war. So the UNN essentially just comes in. They're like, we're going to take over. Um, this is no longer your home. <laughs> yeah. And uh, drummer uh, Ashford says that he was measuring your office uh, for the curtains that he's going to put in. Apparently it's an old earther saying, which I thought was really funny, but I liked it a lot. That, that saying, um, but I like Ashford a lot. And I know that initially he was looked at as a villain type of role, um, mm-hmm. but he was for what it's worth. For what it's worth, he was definitely the antagonist of last season. Like no oh, doubt, yeah. he definitely was. Uh, doesn't make him a villain, but he was definitely the antagonist. Right. Um, but he's kind of like got that very old you know grizzled veteran yeah i mean he's that grizzled veteran of the belt right he knows he's been through it all he's He's seen seen it all he does not (laughs) yeah he does not want to continue fighting he's like i've done the fight and it's not that i'm tired of the fighting or the fighting's gotten too difficult that's and this is what sometimes people don't realize is that these people they don't stop fighting necessarily because oh i'm tired of the fighting i'm scared i'm gonna die now they've done it for decades man if they were going to scare, they're going to die. They would have felt that fear years ago. Right. But that's not the issue here. The reason that he wants to stop the fighting is because he knows that there's no end to this fighting. It's it just never in the, you can't stops. win. Yeah. It never stops. And uh, we have to find it. Like, and this is why I liked Ashford a lot, because he he saw it as, like, this is why he wanted to kill Inaros. Like, yeah, we it, Drummer, in my opinion made the logical decision but it was the wrong logical decision like i understand the line of logic she was coming from because if we kill anaros that's going to cause civil war within the opa and and then we're all screwed right but um now since we let anaros go the earth and un or sorry the earth and mars were just looking at us like a legitimate faction and now now we look like fools again so, yeah. So they were uh, making before the violence that that what's his name? Uh, the curly-headed fellow. The curly-headed fellow. The guy that's using the OPA to. Oh, Marco Inaros. Marco Inaros. Yeah. If it wasn't for him, they'd be on a way better path with Earth and Mars. I mean, oh, yeah. I think I think it's it would be the first. But this guy, this one group, this one faction said, "Nope, we don't like this." So yep. The OPA kind of gets screwed over like that because if not all the factions agree, it's all the OPA get, that gets thrown under the umbrella. Yep. Dark Sky and Golden Bow. Oops. And then there was another one. There was a third one. But yeah. So, anyways. Um, so there, that's happening as well with Ashford and Drummer. Um, on to our favorite Martian, Bobby. Oh, I love is, Bobby. Has found work. Uh, selling decommissioned weapons and technology to a mysterious buyer through the chief cap or uh, police captain. <laughs> yeah, and yeah, and the head of the operation is a investigator. Um, and so they get in, and they're like they continue stealing stuff. Uh, Okay, so where do you think this goes? <laughs> uh, I think Bobby just wants to get off this place. <clears throat> I think she either wants to try to figure out a way to get to Earth or maybe a new planet. So, 
So I, 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 that's where I'm at right now. Yeah. Um. Where? How do you think this ends for her, though? Do you think she succeeds in getting off the planet? I think so. Okay. I think. I think. Uh, you know, in you know, in the last one, um, what was it in the last? Uh, what was I trying to say? Um, I can't think of it for In the last episode, she almost you know passes out because she's out of air. Yeah, yeah, because she went into uh, she went through the outside into the hydraulic chamber to dissolve the hydraulics so that they could manually open the door and get in and steal whatever they Disney needed to steal. Right, um, and and then that again to me that's like, you know, I think she keeps getting this. I don't know. I just feel like she's getting this. Um, she's always getting screwed. Really. She's always just kind of got the crap into the stick, and I really—I guess it's just me wanting it to be better for her. So I, I guess necessarily no, it's I, not I, going to. I agree with you. She does. It doesn't seem like it's her comfortable area, right? Like she is a loyal soldier of Mars, and here she is stealing from Mars. But um, so, but like, what a fall from the grace, end. you know? What a fall from grace, going from like a recon tank martian in that like what's it called that uh super suit essentially and now you're just like then you fall down as far as you get court-martialed for insubordination and then you are stripping ships and then now you're stealing from mars like dang you came a long way yeah seriously you came long way (laughs) but i mean i just you know some see and here's the problem with a lot of philosophy and a lot of those, the umbrella, if you will, with the, the whole philosophy around the mind and all of that and how it works and how you justify things in, in normal society. Well, like, well, here's the thing. She did the right thing so many times. Like, yeah. literally, she did the right thing so many times that, like, that, like, she did the right thing, but the 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 effect of that. She got nothing for it. She basically. got nothing. She got no reward. She got. It's yeah. not. It's not like you're looking for a reward. That's not about. That's not what it's doing. A good thing is, but she just kept getting her rear end kicked, and like so, I just, I the way I see it is that eventually it should, you know, she she might be able to get out of that cycle of getting crapped on, and hopefully. Okay, so this this brings up a very interesting debate. Um where we can discuss hopefully not too long because I don't want to get too far off the track. Um, like you said, she does a she's doing a good thing, but not for the sake of the war, but just because it's a good thing. In my opinion, there's nothing wrong with doing a good thing, even if it is for a sake of reward. Because hear me out, if because there aren't enough people in the world that will do that are willing to do good just for the sake of it. Oh, it's a good thing. They might do it every once in a while. Okay. I might throw in $3 for, I don't know, goodwill or the salvation army. Yeah. But so, that's the but, problem is, is that, you know, bear with me on this one, throwing money into like, it's like you said, the $3, right? So maybe it goes to salvation army, but man, is it really, I mean, I understand okay, so, that so, the intention okay, so even, is there. The intention is there, and that you're giving the money, and that even though it might be a charity, that the money's not going to. Like you have to understand that 
maybe sometimes you think you're doing a good thing or maybe you think you're doing something bad, but really it's the opposite. So, okay, sure. Okay. So let's take that. Let's just say hypothetically your $3 go into any charity and it is hundred percent, hundred percent of the $3 goes into, I, I don't know, Cancer research, two charity. Whatever. Yeah, whatever it, it, it is used for good hundred percent. But my, the point I'm trying to make is that there's, I, if we just keep doing it to, if we keep running society to where, oh, you should do a good thing just for the sake of it being good and not for the reward, there's not going to be enough good, there's not going to be enough good things being done. Well, then does that, does that equate to human error? It doesn't matter what it equates to. The bot, like for me, I'm a results-based driven person. So for me, if you say, "Oh, we should don't we don't need to reward people just for doing good things. They should just feel good that they did good." Okay, but, that's right, not so like, gonna. But, be... but then there's two arguments there, because that that that's thinking materially. Mm-hmm. Now, if you bring no, no, I'm not even saying it, materially. I'm not it. even saying materially. I'm just saying, like for example, uh, we give tax breaks to people who donate money to charity. Right? It's not a one for one, obviously. Otherwise, everyone would be doing it, but. Uh, if you donate like yeah. say ten dollars to something, that reduces your taxable income. So you still won't get ten dollars back, but right. you know. So like we still reward, and I, that's just like one example. But I'm just saying, like again, I don't want to get into the religion thing either. But for a lot of people, they'll say, "Oh, you only do good things because of your religion." And my response to that is, "So what?" When I when I sponsored an orphan, when I donated to Hurricane Relief, when I went and volunteered at an animal shelter, do you think that that orphan or the 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 kid in uh, Georgia who got whose home got destroyed in by the hurricane or the animals, do you think that they care why I did what I did? No, they they're just happy that they got the help that they got. Yes, but that that again, like you said, like you said, without getting into religion or without getting into anything that's not seen. Yeah. Yes, you're 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 correct. I mean, you're correct that there should be. I mean, nobody nobody's gonna care when help comes. Like like a wounded soldier. If you're right. a wounded soldier, you don't care who's helping you as long as somebody's helping you. Right. I exactly. understand that point, but I think the point the point that I'm making is that there's a lot of morality in with what Bobby's doing, and that we could classify it in so many different ways that. Ultimately, the it's the viewer. The viewer is like, oh, okay, I see it this way, or you see it that way, or yeah. I see it this way. But they're both correct. Mm-hmm. But I, I in this situation where she's smuggling and whatnot, that that really cannot necessarily be argued that she's doing good because we don't even know where that stuff is going. It could be going to gangs. It could be going to terrorists. It could be going to the UN. I don't know. Right. We don't know where that stuff is being sold to. It could be just sold to private military. We don't really know. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I get what you're saying. I, w- I was just trying to bring up a conversation about something slightly unrelated, but anyways, um, back on to what's happening on Illus. Uh, physics have stopped working. <laughs> the laws oh, of yeah. fission no longer exist because uh so let's back up a little bit um the tension between the belters and uh earthers continue to mount higher and higher and uh then i think what happens there is a explosion or an earthquake i think it's an explosion explosion that goes off 
and it uh, sends a tidal wave of coming in that's going to destroy their entire you know colony. Colony. Mm-hmm. And the Belters still don't want to leave, which is a bit much. And then they say, okay, fine, we'll do it as long as you will be our personal ambassador for us. Um, um, so the Earth, are, uh, the RCE is trying to send out a probe. That probe gets burnt up. That One of the moons is overheating. There's a lot of stuff going on right now. Yeah, the moon um, overheating thing, too, is like, uh, oops, yeah. like what? <laughs> also, okay, having 13 moons, that'd be so wild. Yeah, but like, what do you do with all those moons? I don't know, man. Like, <laughs> more satellites? I don't know. That'd be awesome. Um but anyways, uh, the the Earthers are sending on a probe, which heats up, burns up completely out of the sky. Um, and at this point is when fission literally stops working. Like you could see in the uh, reactors within the ships, it start it, like it's firing. You know, it fires a fuel pellet, and then they do nuclear fusion or fission. I don't know, sort of that, and then that's how. You know, the ship gets power. Right. Um, but everything stops working. And then they, like, I think they tried, like, three different pellets. None of them worked. The chances of that being very slim. And then they saw on the Edward Israel, I think that's the name of the ship, and the Barber Piccolo, that it stopped working there as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, so now they're not able to get off of the planet uh, to save themselves from the flood. So they retreat into the obelisk shaped tower and um so we'll get to that one in a second back what on the about the night. i was but, gonna say what about the few what do you think stopping that, new, that nuclear fusion is it the the the, the i think it's a proto molecule you think so straight up yeah okay because ever since the proto molecule came through there things have been happening right because the proto molecule was on the rasenate dude that means that thing has to be freaking old Oh, yeah. Well, remember, the structure predates the grass. <laughs> yeah. So that was crazy. Uh, I had actually forgotten about that. But um, on the Rasenate, Lucia was hurt, remember? And she starts bleeding out, and then she wants to die. A, uh, Alex is like, don't t- make me tell your daughter that I let you die here. Please, just help me. So she walks him through healing her. Right. And then so they're done with that. Um Felsia, the daughter, gets mad at the mother for, you know, destroying the colony ship. And she's like, you kind of don't really have any right to tell me what's right or wrong at this point. Or what to do. Yeah. Which, I guess, fair play there. Uh, That's um, true. So, anyways. Um, yeah. So, they're they're stuck under the obelisk thing. The, the they're, like, flooded tower. in almost, Yeah. Right? And Murtry is playing nice a little bit because, you know, they could be stuck there for a little bit. Um, People have started seeing green in their vision. And it's an infection that's been going around the entire colony, uh, both Earth and Velters. Because, of course, there is, right? Because having an ancient alien disease thing was not enough. Um, No, it is never enough. Blind just needed to be added to the list and nuclear fission was also not enough apparently so so it's um, just a master list of oh yeah like, no, the it's seven awesome. plagues it's just yeah oh, yeah and but anyways and then one of the uh belters gets, gets accused of killing one of the earther soldiers at which point he gets dragged over and it turns out the what killed him was there are these 
bug leeches thing that fall in and then I guess inject, research, yeah. Yeah, I guess they inject toxin to the body immediately and that toxin takes effect like immediately. Again, almost <laughs> immediately. Um at which point I think they like suffocate and then die. Um Dude, that's insane though. Oh yeah, I know that was nuts. That's scary to think that like that could just actually happen. Yeah. Huh. Uh, so and but the only person that's not infected is Mr. James Holden. Um Which is definitely because of the protomocule. Yeah. Okay. And and then one last thing to really touch on that I can really remember off the top of my head. Barb and on the Barba Piccolo they have the lithium deposits, right? Mm-hmm. Well, with the new uh the ship being smaller and not having the thruster capacity, it's not gonna be able to stay in orbit much longer and it's gonna eventually plummet to Illus. Right. And when it does, it'll either burn out like the probe ship or it's just gonna good old crash into the planet. Um so they need to save the daughter and obviously everyone else on board, but they also want to save the lithium. Right. So she comes up with some idea of towing with like a, with tow a cable. cable. Yeah. yeah. With a tow cable. They had to so, weave a bunch of stuff together or something. Yeah. So that about does it for those episodes. Next time we'll be covering season four, episodes eight through 10. We'll be finishing off uh, season four. <laughs> Um, and I highly recommend everyone pay attention, pay close attention to these three episodes. There is a lot, lot, a lot, a lot coming ahead. And there's a lot that you can miss because this show again is really deep. So (laughs) like I said, episodes season four, episodes eight through 10, and I cannot wait to cover those with you. Is there anything how are you feeling about the show so far? How are you liking this season compared to the previous seasons? Visuals, um, yeah. Visuals, yeah. Yeah, but I don't know. I'm waiting. I'm waiting to see ultimately if the proto molecule. If we start, to, I want to see a little bit more backstory of the proto molecule. Maybe I, I think that's what really would lock me in if I had a. Like, maybe even if it's, like, a 10-second snippet of, like, the protomolecule giving Holden some sort of something. Mm-hmm. Be like, oh, like the, like, the Earth blowing up. That was cool, but, you know, what What else? You know what I mean? No, I, I agree with you. But I guess we will find out as we keep watching. Well, like I said, that'll cover it from us for that episode. Until next time, thank you, everyone. Bye.